Everybody, I'm Dave. I'm Jazzy. And welcome to your new favorite podcast, No But Faux. One, two, three, four. Real. Shut up. No, but for real. Episode. Who cares? Lost count. Whatever. We here, though. That's all that matter. Absolutely. That's all that matter. Absolutely. Welcome. Welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Shout out to our Patreon. Five dollars a month. You get all this. Great melanin, this good looking stuff, <laughs> oh, behind God. the scenes exclusive <laughs> stuff. Only Absolutely. $5 a month or however much you want to give. Absolutely. Um, so again, thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Thank you for the support. Absolutely. Support is supporting. Thank y'all for the follows on IG, <laughs> all that stuff. But we here. We here. We here. What is Nava for real about? We just trying to. Have real conversations, do the inner work to become better people. For, for people. sure. For and, sure. And not do this thing called life alone. Absolutely. That Nails, part. How yes. you doing? I am doing. I'm doing. Um energy, you know, a little low because I'm just We out here we, working. Yes, we working. So it's like, but I love what you said when you said, like, I'm tired. But I'm also energized. Like, it's so true. It's like, yeah. you're tired, but it's like, when you're following your passion, it it doesn't matter. Like, it matters. Right. You do need your rest. But at the same time, it's like, I can't rest. I got to be up to do this and do that. And it's yeah. exciting. Like, you I'm know? super excited to be tired, to be following it's a good time. my passion. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great tired. So I'm tired, but I'm not complaining. I'm good. I'll stay being tired if I can continue doing this forever. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I'm loving this journey right now. Same. I am exhausted. <laughs> I bet. I'm tired. <laughs> Business is growing and I am all the ways tired. However, I am looking forward to just uh, going away for a little bit next weekend. So I'll be gone for a few I'm days. I'm not. <laughs> I know you aren't. It's okay. Um, I need uh, it though. I just need to. You do. Get out of here. One hundred percent. You've been saying this for so a while now. So a while. Yeah, take is your like butt out of here. Okay. And I don't want to hear nothing All about right. it when you come back. You didn't had it. <laughs> you <laughs> let <right>. it go. <laughs> you are correct. All right. All right. Our first segment is called "Let's Keep It Real." Or let's get personal. Or let's get personal. Sorry. Either way, you know, we keep and it that's real. That's the get second segment. I will get it at some point. You know, both basically. You know, we getting personal. We, we getting keep personal. It real. All right, let me try it again. This segment is called <laughs> Let's up. Get Personal. <sighs> okay, this is a cute question. So, your partner doesn't look quite the way they did when you started dating. How do you handle it? Gains weight or something like that. What do you do, Dave? How much weight we talking? <laughs> Listen, the question is, if your partner looks different. I got questions. <laughs> if got, your partner looks different. I got questions, though. Like, what uh, made you gain the weight is my question. Just kind of like life, you know, letting yourself go. Um, um, Getting here's, comfortable. Here's, you know, relationship weight is real. I, it is. Oh, I know. Trust Listen, me. That's um, why I got to have a treadmill on that. Dad weight is real. I just saw a guy just had a baby. 
before the baby came, he was, you know, he wasn't like fit or skinny, but like average dude. That baby been here <laughs> three weeks, something like that. That dad weight is here and here to stay. Oh my God. And I felt so bad for him. So bad. So, okay. All right, to answer the question, I'm not deflecting. Um, <laughs> honestly, it really wouldn't bother me. Unless it's to like the point where How much weight we talking? How much weight we talking? <laughs> like Okay, so say because, but, because my thing say is, they started off and they were slim. Like yeah. maybe a good slim to slim to uh, can't put a number on it because a slim 140 can be really, really skinny to somebody. It just depends on their body type. You know what I'm saying? True. So we can't really put a weight on it. I could just say they just look different. Like the question I think implies enough. If they look different, so like you were attracted to one thing and now they look different than what you were attracted to. How do you handle that? You um, said it wouldn't bother how, you, but how would I handle it? Honestly, I would have a conversation, especially if I see it's bothering them. So if you gain weight, I would be like, hey, let's have a conversation. Like, I know the weight bothers you. What is it that's stopping you from like getting back to being snatched, as they say in the <laughs> Having your waist snatched. Which is probably the same reason why they gained the weight, you know, now, obviously. That's talking about weight gain. Yeah, it's about my weight gain. If you showed up and you done got the little the little plastic surgery, <laughs> a BBL, your face look a little tighter, I gotta go. Gotta go. That's to go. You can't date a BBL uh person. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> For what? Why did you get it? What if you can't tell? Depends on how long we've been together. I'll be able to tell. Like, okay, so yeah, you talking about the question? They look different. Yeah. So they wouldn't got to be BL. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fair. Like, I, I, I was with you, but you would you, know if that, you I mean, it's, one way. You would probably have, and to, then you just randomly show up and you look. You're another not. Way? That's not going to happen though. It's, it's a whole like. I feel like there's like a. I don't know how long it is, but I want to say it's a few months at least. Because there's also a healing process. Yeah. So you're not gonna like. like you see, you see the ones where they was at the airport kneeling. Cause they got a BBL, and they can't no. sit on their butts. No. You mean to tell me all that's gonna change? Listen, when you, when I you consider get that? getting a BBL. I ain't gonna hold you up. I had the whole. I still follow uh, Doctor Miami and them. No. I be seeing no. what they be doing. I'm like, ooh. For what though? How much is it again? Why? <laughs> Do some squats. Eat some collard greens and mashed potatoes. Listen, it's not like right. that. It's hard to 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 get your body the way you want it to look. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And if it you're does. like an extremely busy person, surgery, it makes sense for you to want to get surgery. Like, because you are going to be consumed with fitness, meal prepping and getting your protein in and all that. You're not going to be able, I mean, I'm saying you're not going to be able to, because I believe you 100% be able to do whatever you want to do. Right. But I can understand the frustration of, yeah, doing all that, or I can just pay this 10 bands and look exactly how I want to look in a few months. Okay. Me personally, no, but I did consider it. I'm not going to lie because my weight be up and down and my weight be up and down because of my moods and, yeah. um, you know, things that I'm going through in life. I mean, if you got the money and that's what will make you happy. But you it. not dating a woman that gets a BBL. No, because I want to know what do you think is wrong with your butt right now? <laughs> it's flat. What if she, what if she was standards? shaped? 
what if she, she was shaped like, you know, because there's some people that's like big at the top, really small at the bottom. I'm, I'm not attracted <laughs> to that. So wouldn't be a problem with <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, so let me answer I'm a, the question. I'm a, I'm a butt guy. So Oh Lord. It, well, okay. I guess that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. So if she gained weight and you're not attra- you're not really attracted to you think you would still be attracted to her? She gained uh weight that makes her look different. Um completely like like she looks different. She doesn't look like the woman that you first started dating. Um it would probably be, if I'm being real, probably be a, a little loss of attraction. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that. <laughs> I, I just, I would honestly, I would be concerned though, because I'm like, um, what's going on? Right. Like, so what? So what's okay? Because I actually had like a friend tell me that their friend lost attraction to their girlfriend because she gained weight, and yeah, he I'm told sure. her he was like, listen, you know, you were this. And I'm just being honest, I'm not attracted to what you look like now. You know what I'm saying? Why don't we work on getting you back to what you was? And she was like, no. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so funny today? (laughs) (laughs) Well. Shut up. Okay, so. I I don't really know what else to tell you. I communicated. Oh my I God, you, that is messed I, up. I was straight up with you. <laughs> I even offered to walk through this thing with you, and you said, no. <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> Sounds like you made the decision for both of us. Well, you know what? Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm sensing some in what is it called insensitivity here. Oh, I feel like. Your response is a little insensitive to <laughs> to what this woman could be going through. Yes, she may not be, you know, doing what she's supposed to do, you know, because if you're a man telling you he's not attracted to you, absolutely, that's going to make me want to jump on the treadmill today. Like, what? I don't want that. But <laughs> think about, I mean, I feel like it's, I don't think it's a natural response to be like, uh, I don't care. I don't want to. I feel like that's more so a deeper situation going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. And Which I, I think makes sense because that's what we about to talk about. But my and, and my thing is, let's tackle that. Let's get to now. No, that's if, not what you said. You said bye. But, <laughs> but you're right because you said no. But she said but no I mean, because also, she's going it, through some things. It also depends on like the length of how long we've been together and everything like that. Like my thing is this. The reason why I would say bye is because you have proven to me that you don't want to put in the work. Or you don't want to collaborate. Like right. collaboration is important. Because I'm not even saying I would leave at first. I'm saying, hey, I'm in this with you. Right. And you like, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even know what else to tell you. Because I can't do it for you. Right. But I can walk do this thing with you but yeah if you don't want it well I think just being on this journey of like me today being on this journey of getting to know myself and being highly introspective um trying to understand why I do certain things why I think certain ways to me today being in a situation like that like say it was the opposite like um you know my man gained weight and I'm not as attracted to him or whatever me today I think something was wrong. 
So I'd yeah. want to know what's wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I feel like previous, I completely understand what David's saying at the same time. Because it's like, I gave you an opportunity mm-hmm. to collaborate with me to yes. be in a relationship. That's basically what being in a relationship is. We are in this together. And I'm telling you, I want us to be in this together. And you're saying no. I'm over here and you over there. That's not um, a healthy, you know, that's not going to, that's not a relationship. So I understand why somebody would be like, uh, you're not even trying to be in a relationship. Why would I keep trying to be in a relationship? But sometimes it's not that simple, right? Right. It's not as simple as, oh, they don't want to be in a relationship because make it make sense. They're in a relationship with you. Obviously they do want to be in that relationship with you. So now it's time to start thinking, what is going on? Because right. now you're kind of contradicting your feelings. Your feelings you, are not making any sense. How would you handle it, though? Like, would you, what would be your first response? Your My first response? response would be, are you happy with your weight? Are you, are you genuinely happy with your weight? Right. Um, and I would say, because a lot of times we are, we are our best I wouldn't even say our best selves because like we, I feel like we kind of pretend to be our best selves when we don't have partners. But I think we kind of like it's easy for us to focus on being um, our best selves without a partner. But I don't believe that we could ever be our best selves without a partner. But like I said, I think that we focus our focus on being our best best selves seems to weigh heavier without a partner, which obviously that's the conversation we're trying to change, right? Because we need right. each other. We need to be doing it while we're with each other and things like that. But I just said said that to say, if you were single and I met you, you know, I met you single and you were fit and you were in the gym and you were doing these things, and you were meal prepping and the next thing you know, you gain all this weight and then you tell me you okay with it, something ain't right. Right. Now, I can't force you to admit that at the same time, but I am going to push for you to think about that yourself. Like, okay, no way I met you when you were this person and then you get content or you get real comfortable with yourself to the point where you forget to, because that happens. We talk, we talk about that. Like you get in a relationship and you forget to feed yourself. Right. This is a prime example of that. So I'm not going to I'm not going to walk away from the relationship without that being something that is discussed first. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't make you come to the revelation like, yeah, I guess I guess I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm forgetting to, you know, love myself or love on myself. I can't make you admit that, but I am going to bring that up. You know, I am going to push that for you just even as a friend, you know what I'm saying? Like this ain't even got nothing to do with us staying together or not staying together. This is just as a friend, I met you, you was a completely different person because I feel like weight, weight is a pretty big reflection of what's going on in your life. I feel like for me, when my weight is up, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bad stuff going on mentally. Um, a lot of bad eating. Where's bad eating coming from? You know, comfort eating is that what's that coming from? It, it can get it can get real deep when it comes to weight. So it's not just as simple as a physical attraction. It's more so like it's it's a testament to what's going on in your head. And it's time to start being open about it. And if you can't do that in a relationship, then what are you doing with that person? So understand both sides. Me, like I said, before pre-education of introspection, Absolutely. Like, what is the point of being with you if we can't collaborate? But I feel like now I, I, I look at life different. I look at people different. 
Um, and it's not even about just relationships. People are people. Um, and people need people to kind of ha- to create understandings of their experiences and what's going on in life. Right. So relationship takes a back burner when it comes to stuff like this. Like we don't even got to talk about our relationship. Let's just talk about what's going on with you. So true. I guess that's my, you know, my long winded answer. I'd be there for you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just I, I try too. to be there for you. I, w- I would try my <laughs> best. It's only so much you can do. Real. It's only so much you can do. Great question. Yeah, I like Great that question. Because I think that really ties in. Look. Ties into what we talking about because we keeping it real. Oh, yes, for sure. And what are we talking about today, Nails? We are talking about trauma today. Yes, Trauma today. Yes, and the are. reason why I wanted to talk about trauma um, it's a, I mean, it's the obvious reasons, right? We're talking about growing and being better. Um, and even if we just take a step back from loving and, I mean, growing and being better, we're getting to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the journey of self-love and self-worth, you're kind of having to get to know who you are. Um, our trauma is a part of that. And we can't ignore it and we can't act like it didn't happen or um, we have to be aware of things that happen to us um, or we have to be aware of just who we are. Right. And a lot of our it's so crazy because when I was doing uh, my research, um, it's so deep because a lot of who we are, we are a product of our experiences And I don't think we think about it in depth like we should. The fact that we are literally a product of our experiences, but but somehow we kind of like don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, or we don't really dive deep to think about our experiences and think about, you know, what part of what I'm doing now has to do with these experiences. Like, I don't feel like we talk about it. Like, but there's this trend going around about healing, we love to talk about healing and this self-love journey, but when are we going to start talking about all the things that we need to heal from? Um, so that's that's kind of the reason mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about it. It's 100% um, important when it, when it comes to the, this whole podcast. This right. episode, I feel like, is one of the most important things, just being really honest with what you went through and... Um, how does that, how did that create you? Um, and right. what, what now, what after that? Um, so when I first think of trauma for me, when I first think about trauma, I immediately start thinking about what's wrong. Like what's wrong with me? What do you think about? Um, or even just other people. Like I think about like, Oh, they're, they're flawed. There's something going on that there, something's wrong with them. When I, when I think about trauma, I don't, I don't think about what's wrong. I think about the fi- foundation of how you got here. At this point, um, which all trauma is, is something happened here, which led to, which played a part into who you are now. So that's what I think about when I think about trauma, is the, what's the why? Or what's the thing, or the multiple things that happened that got you to be this person and that's great because what's crazy is like when i when and not even what's wrong when i think of trauma i always think of like something bad happening like i could think about 
three or four things that I went through that was like a bad event right. that would technically be trauma. But trauma, when I was doing my research, trauma is really subjective. And I like when you said, okay, the ex your experiences led you to here. It's literally the combination of those things. It's not just this event. It's really the events and the effects of the events as a, com as a combination. That's what really creates the trauma. And to kind of like, um, it was a book I was reading. He was, um, he gave an example of that. He said, uh, COVID. COVID is a great example of that. COVID affected people differently. Right. COVID could have been trauma for some people. COVID could not have been trauma for some people. So it's completely subjective. So um, I don't really know if we need to get into like details of like specifically like sexual abuse and things like that. Um, it's more so focusing on just trauma itself because it can mean so many different things. Um, so I think that's important to understand that a trauma is not so much this horrible event. Um, it's more so the effects, like Dave said. What happened after? What? How is that affecting you after the afterwards? That right. is what I really kind of want to talk about. Um, so, and I think having it being educated on trauma um, is very important because. I think the lack of education causes us to be um, us to lack compassion. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I see it all the time where trauma is kind of like dismissive or like certain things that we do to each other. We kind of like dismiss it and be like, you know, you can't do that with me and you need to go fix that and you need to go do this. But it gets it's kind of deeper than that. Um, it's way deeper than that. There's actually by a lot like we have a biological makeup of the things that we do like our brain um is adapts through our experiences so that's why I want to that's why I want to dig deep into this you guys because it's it's for me it was a lot of revelation when I was researching this stuff because literally so the one of the first things that I that I um found about how our brain develops right um, but I first want to get into like general causes of like trauma. Um, and this is just from research from doctors, um, just books that I've read, um, and all of that. But so some general causes is loneliness, um, feeling unwanted, feeling unloved, feeling invalidated, feeling unvalued. To me, that speaks volumes to me because what does that tell me? That tells me how important relationships are. How important relationships are to your trauma or to your experiences, to your self-worth, to you feeling good about yourself? I think that's the crazy part. That's nuts. It's like what causes your trauma is also what develops your character. Yeah. That was really good. And it's like relationships cause so much damage, but relationships also cause so much healing. And it's like- It should. And, I'm, and if it's the right relationship, of right. course. Like, if it's cultivated in a way where it's healthy and things like that. Mm -hmm. But my, my point is, you have the same thing, and, if, and it could go either way, right? And it's like, or you have one relationship that it damaged you in this particular time, and over time, that same relationship has healed you. For like, sure. And so, like, and that's the crazy, that's what trips me out about trauma, right? Like... 
the source of your trauma can also be the source of your development and your healing. Exactly. Um, so I think like I thought that was deep because like we we live in a world, we talk about this almost every episode, where everybody is trying to do things on their own and everybody is shooting for this independent life and this loneliness and this I can do it by myself. But those are tra- trauma responses. Right. And I had to look at myself like, Jazzy, you're traumatized, basically. Yeah, and, I, and it's like, I knew right. that. But when you really start reading up on stuff, it's like, wow, like, why would I want to do things alone? Like, that's, to me, that's a trauma response. Like, you trying to be alone. You don't want anybody to help you out. Like, that's a trauma response. Um, it's definitely mine. Yes, for Absolutely. sure. So it's like, to me, that's like I said, that speaks volume, be, volumes because the things that causes trauma is basically your lack of connecting with other people. The lack of connection with other people is kind of how, for my research, is what causes these issues within ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's that already right there is just a lot for me. Um, so I wanted to talk about a little bit how the brain develop. Um, I thought this was dope because it talks about um, how the brain develops from feelings and feelings and thoughts um, starts first. And then it's or not even the thoughts. It's like the the survival part of your brain, um, the feelings. Let me see if if I put that down correctly. Yes. So it's literally like the feelings, your experiences. Um. It's very, very important to your brain development because that's what starts developing first. Um, I thought that was crazy. Even with how your brain process, it processed the same way. It starts from your feelings and then it goes to the thought process of your brain. So I thought that was dope too. Just think about how many times you get into like arguments with people and you get so mad at them because they're feeling. But when you think about it, if if you know how the brain works, that's where it starts. Um, it starts with the feelings. It starts with um, your reaction as far as how the fe- how, how you feel. And not even that, that's just a thought process. Your brain is developed that way too. Right. So just think about it you, you as a kid. Think about all the experiences that happened as a kid and your, your brain is developing through those experiences through the feelings it's the feelings part of the brain that's developing first. Mm-hmm. That to me, like it's, it's kind of hard because um, obviously I'm not an expert, so I can't really go in too much debt. But if y'all can just understand what I'm trying to say, that to me is deep because it's like the feelings part of my brain is the first part that develops. So everything in your childhood as an as a infant, all of those things, all of that mattered. Every inch of everything that you went through as a kid, right. all of that developed your brain a certain way. It made your brain, it literally created this, um, what did they call it? In the book I read, they called it uh, a cold book or something like that. So it's just how you view life. How you view life is like literally based on your experiences. And that's how your brain develops is based on your experiences. And then the brain develops all the human parts of your brain, like the the thoughts and the how we make sense of everything, like all the the intelligence and things like that. That comes after the feelings. 
That comes after all the experience that you making your brain or your brain adapting to the experiences and the feelings that comes with those experiences. That comes afterwards. So just think about how that could play out. You know what I'm saying? Like if you are unloved, now your brain is... It's not really telling you telling you that you're unloved. It's just ma- it's just creating this this um I feel like it's just creating this image of what life is supposed to look like. To you, you don't know. Um you don't know, you know what I'm saying? You don't know that you're unloved. And that's what's so I feel like why I wanted to talk about this today because I remember you brought that up and I don't know if it was the last episode it was one of these episodes you said that a lot of times we get in relationships and we don't even know that we're we were traumatized. We don't even know that we need to heal from stuff. Yeah. This is a part of that because it's like we go through stuff that happened to us like that's a result of something that happened to us when we was 2 years old. Yep. We still going through that. And this is kind of illustrating why that happens. It's happening because our brain literally adapts to our experiences. It's how our brain develops. And I just think that's crazy. Um, I think it's crazy, but I think it helps me understand me, one. So now I get to understand, okay, if this, this, and this happened, or if, you know, now my brain literally creates this idea of what life is supposed to be like. Right. Um, I don't know. I just think that's, that's, that's just a lot to take in when you think about trying to be better and trying to grow and trying to learn and trying to change. Thinking about how, thinking about what you put into your brain. That to me, um, and even your kids, we have kids that's that's very eye-opening There's as a, a parent. Um, a, a incredible, incredible, uh, I'm not sure if she's like a, a psychologist or something like that. She is a doctor, I know that, but I'm not sure what her profession is. But her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf, amazing um, person. And she uh, came out with this book called uh, The Mind-Brain Connection. So there's a difference between your mind and your brain. Everything starts, so how you were talking about feelings, right? Everything starts with a feeling and your mind tells your brain how that feeling is going to shift you. So I'll give just a personal example, right? And I've talked about this before, you know, my relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. like. I always wanted him to be there. Yeah. And so it made me feel like I wasn't wanted by him. Yeah. So my mind went to automatically, oh, he doesn't love you. Mm-hmm. So the feeling was he doesn't want me. He doesn't want that connection. And my mind told me he doesn't love you or he doesn't really love you like he say he does. Yeah. And so my, it triggers my brain to actually make my body move certain ways towards him. So she does this incredible thing. Here you breathing in this Oh, mic I'm so really sorry. Really <laughs> <laughs> I'm like leaning into the mic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Y'all gonna hear all of it too. Um, I hate him so much. <laughs> 
But she does an incredible job of of uh, connecting the mind to the brain and how everything starts from feeling to your mind to your brain. So your mind triggers your brain to tell your the rest of your body how you're going to move throughout life. For sure. And I just think that's, like I said, I just think that was very eye-opening for me just to know, like, because I'm I'm such a product of of everything that I went through as a kid. Um, And you don't really realize that. Like, you just grow up like, yeah, I'm good. But really, and it's not, this isn't a matter of good or bad because um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about brain development and all of that because really, you know, the results of what, um, what you went through and how your brain develops really the revelation to that for me is knowing that there's really nothing wrong with us. Our brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to do considering what we went through. And so it's eye opening for me in a sense of knowing that like, okay, our brain is, is working properly. It's not that our brain isn't working properly. It's not that something's wrong with us. It's not that we're dysfunctional. It's, our experiences and it's the education of that that I feel like changes the narrative you know what I'm saying it's like oh I know my brain is developing based on my experiences so what do what can I control probably my experiences now or you know be more um be more aware of that and I, I feel like especially as parents knowing that the brain how the brain develops as far as the experiences is what's going to cause the feelings. And then that's what's going to shape, like Dave said, the actual human thoughts and intelligence part of your brain. That to me, I'm going to keep saying that, guys, because that to me is so crazy. Because your your brain is wired to tell you how you're going to survive. For Yeah. For me. And I'm, I'm pretty and sure I think that's most, dope. Like, God created people, our right? brain so dope. Like, right. The survival mechanism of our brain, like, we look at those things like, oh, you know, like, we'll say somebody, a a prime example of, you know, PTSD from war and things like that. Uh, They talk about, you know, how they do certain things, like how they're, it's it's looked at as like a bad thing, but really, it's it's really showing you that your brain is working the way it's supposed to work. Right. It's just your environment's different now. Your experiences are different now. So those things that you needed in war, you don't right. need in regular life anymore. And some people, we, we, what we end up doing, and sometimes we don't even know it, we become numb to life because you have shut that part of your brain off or can somehow shut that part of your brain off to not feel anymore. And most people think, well, if I don't feel it, I'm okay. Yeah. But you're literally a walking zombie if you are that way. And I was yes. watching um, uh, 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 the Basement podcast, Upset the Talk. Dope. One of my favorite podcasts. And he had a lady on there, and she was talking about how your your body is like a um, alarm system, right? And you don't know the alarm system is working unless it's on. So how you were saying, your your brain is functioning the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. You don't know if your brain is shut off and your body is shut off to feelings, 
how do you know that the alarm is working? Mm. Like, you have to know what triggers you. You have to know, like, if something hurt you. Because you can't walk through life numb to everything. For sure. Because it, what it causes you to do, it, it causes you to just turn off relationships with everybody. causes you to walk away from everything. And that's not how God designed life to be. Right. He designed life for you to thrive in it. And I feel like not just me, not just Nails, mm-hmm. a lot of people are in survivor mode right now. Mm-hmm. We are trying to survive. And God called us to live a life to thrive. Yeah. He said, he said in the Bible, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. God wants you to live an abundant life. He doesn't want you to live life trying to survive your traumas. Right. Trying to, you know, run away from the thing that caused you so much hurt and so much pain. And we try to get through this life. And we said this before, you know, I think the worst thing, don't get me wrong, Tyler Perry's great. Love him. <laughs> Absolutely great. Lord, what we got to say about the that? The worst here? thing he did was to name a movie, I Can Do Bad, all by myself. I know, right? It was catchy, though. It's real catchy, because that's the thing, like. That's well, what sells. <laughs> that's what's, right. It's what sells, it's. And I think his intentions were like, you know, I'm not going to let the bad thing happen that happened to me stop me from living my best life. I think that was his intention. I think However, more so. that phrase causes people to unconsciously be like, well, I don't really need people. Right. Right. I think there's another aspect to that where I can do bad all by myself for me. Um, it 100% obviously implies you know, this this myth of independence, right? But at mm. the same time, I do think there's another side to that to say, you know, what's the point of a drug addict dating a drug addict? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if I'm going to be a drug addict, I probably, you know, and I probably, I'm telling myself, like, oh, I don't need to be a drug addict anymore. What is the point of dating a drug addict? Like, I can do bad all by myself to me implies I, I'd rather just be a drug addict on my own and just go out here and date one. That's probably going to enable me. That's not going to help me. Right. So I think that's more so what he was trying to get to, especially just me knowing the story. Uh, the story was about, you know, toxic relationships. You know, obviously, I can do bad all by myself was more so implying leave the toxic relationships alone. Right. Don't leave relationships alone. So I think in a, it can imply both. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, I, said, I think that's what his intentions were. Yeah. But some people, I'm glad right. we brought this up because we live in a confirmation bias time. So it's like you already believe a thing. You're just looking for that video mm, or that thing that's good. to confirm what you Absolutely. already believe so you can walk through life like, see, I ain't the only yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. For just sure. Me. For sure. I, I think we do one. that, period. I think we capitalize right now. Um, off of our traumas. We are capitalizing off of... Trauma bonds. My yes, God. trauma my bonds. People are in Lord. relationships right now because they connected through trauma. trauma. And let me tell you what that does. <laughs> when you become healed from that trauma, I promise you that relationship is not going to last long. You start seeing them differently. And because you, you begin to realize 
I'm only connected to you because of the pain that I was going through. We shared a common pain, but we don't, outside of that, what do we have? Right. There's, there's nothing more, in, we don't have anything else in common other than our trauma, which tells me I can't stay here because this relationship really doesn't serve a purpose other than what brought me pain. So that brings me to talking about the what just some. If I jumped ahead, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Oh, okay. No. Um, that just brings me to talk about the quote unquote consequences of basically not healing from your trauma. So the unhealed right. trauma, um, just the name self-sabotage, um, Ooh, yeah. violence, promiscuity, addiction. Um, I love that self-sabotage is like this. It's very, I want to say, it's not specific. Self-sabotage could be anything. It could be, it could be so many different things. Um, for me, I feel like when I hear self-sabotage, I think I definitely do that with feeling um, undeserving, um, lacking boundaries, being a people pleaser. Being a people pleaser is in a way self-sabotaging because you care more about other people than you do yourself. You have to sabotage yourself to be able to please other people all the time and not please yourself. You're clearly self-sabotaging. And I think what was eye-opening about these consequences was I feel like this is majority of everybody. We talking self-sabotage. Feeling undeserving, lack of boundaries, people pleasing, violence, promiscuity, addiction. I feel like that's a majority of us. How many of us don't have any of these things? How many of us don't go through any of these things? Most of us go through at least one or all of them. Um, I want you to give a definition of self-sabotage if you got one. I don't. I don't have a, but we can look it up. Let's we can look, look it up, up self-sabotage. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I think that is the number one thing all of us go through when it comes to our traumas is we self-sabotage. 100, and we don't know we're self-sabotaging. We're thinking that we're doing and normal most, behavior, ooh. but it's really destructive behavior. Let me tell you what, what self-sabotage looks like. It's like this false humility, right? It's like, if I compliment you and say you're beautiful, and you say, no, I'm not, Self-sabotage. 100%. But you're calling it humility. Right. And it's not. It's not. It's a response out of your trauma. Right. Because throughout your entire life, nobody said you were beautiful. Right. Or right. If, I'm going to get personal. If somebody said, Nails, you're a good mother, and mm -hmm. your response is, no, I'm not. Yeah. Where does that come or from? Or just the same things. Or like... Because I do that all the time. Like, that's so me. Like, you give me a compliment. The first thing I think about is all the things that makes that not true. Absolutely. And that is self-sabotaging. And that is from a source of trauma. I think it's a source of feeling lacking connection as a child. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't, I don't feel like I had that, a real connection with my parents. Mm. Um. So I think that's where I think that's where it come from, especially when I was like, I've been studying this for some months now, um, but real heavy this week. And every time I came across like um, 
you know, just the words we were talking about earlier, like invalidated, right. um, you know, unvalued, um, all of that comes with connecting with someone. Um, and we talk about brain development. We get into brain development as a kid. If you don't, if you lack these connections with your parents um, or with someone, whatever, your guardian, there's someone that um, is taking care of you, your nurturer. If you lack these connections, your brain is developing from that. Right. And it's creating this idea of life that that's not supposed to be that way. So I had no idea for a long time that I was supposed to be validated. Like, what is that? What, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Then you, you grow up and you realize like, dang, I don't value myself. But then you, you don't even realize that until you kind of educate yourself on these things. Because like I said, self-sabotaging, me being a people pleaser, I thought that was a good thing. I love taking care of people. I love for somebody to be like, you know what? Thank you for doing that for me. That gave me life. And it's still, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to not be that person. But I think if we, I feel like people pleasing is kind of like a myth too. Cause it's like, yeah, we're supposed yes. to be out here helping people, but why is the energy different when it comes to yourself? Like I remember I had seen somebody make a Facebook post, like why do you guys think it's so hard to do the things you do for other people to yourself? And I'm like, that's a loaded question. I have to unlearn that. Yes, you 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 have to. And you know what? Like I said, we weren't taught. You know what I'm saying? We we weren't taught to really be honestly in I'm, love with ourselves and I'm going to give you a little pushback. Some of us were taught. Okay. Some of us were. We went through something that made it seem like what we were taught is a lie. Which made us believe it's not true. Or we were taught that, yet everything we went through or everything we see, because some of us live through the lens of how everybody else is living their life. Well, they went through that. Must mean I'm going to go through it too. That's another form of self-sabotage. Yes, lack an identity. Because you are allowing everybody else's situation to make you believe it's going to happen to you, which is not true. Because number one, who said you are going to go through that? Number two, you have to believe in yourself enough to where I'm aware that this is making me feel some type of way. Why? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about this relationship or this person that is causing me to believe it's going to happen to me. Why am I so connected to this thing? Right. To make me feel like everybody else do it. Also, just because you see a certain amount of people going through that thing doesn't mean everybody else is. You know what that makes me think of? That whole spiel. What? People's views on marriage. Yes. Oh, my God. If I hear Absolutely. one more time, well, marriage, you don't have sex no more in marriage. Who says that? Or people say... Um, like, why does that have to be your life? Why does it have to be your narrative? Or people blame every somebody else's divorce on the reason why they They don't want to get married, yeah. Or here's... Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad I thought of this. Or my one of the things that is a huge pet peeve of mine, you see something that happens at church, and you say... Oh, my God. Oh, this is why I don't go to church. See, yeah, this is why you I don't go to church. You weren't going in the first place. 
You had no plans to go. Stop playing. But it, it goes back to the confirmation bias thing. Like, yes, you already weren't going. This is just you just looking for you reasons. just looking for it because at the end of the day, I'm sick of that narrative too. I'm sick oh of that conversation gosh. because people are humans are humans. Like people will talk about the Bible all the time. It's kind of a sidetrack, but people will say things like, "Oh, this happened in the Bible. This is and that." I'm like, do you know there were humans in the Bible, right? Did Jesus do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought we were supposed to be followers of Jesus. Why are we bringing up people, what people did in the Bible, what people did in church? Jesus didn't tell them people to do that. That has nothing to do I'm gonna tell you, with what you're supposed to be there for. I'm going to tell you the mistake we all make. Everybody. I don't care who you are. We make the mistake of putting people who hold these certain positions on pedestals, and we make them kings and queens. When they're just humans. When they have a human moment. Right. All of a sudden, oh, look at what they did. Oh, like, my Oh, goodness. they're not robotic. They're, but here's the thing. They're not perfect. Nobody told you to put them up there. Right. You did that. Right. You're like, holding, who told you to do that? You're holding them to a standard that, number one, only God holds them to that standard. Right. Not you. Like, I used to say that all the time. Like, that, whatever a person is doing that you feel like is contradictory to their beliefs or whatever, that's between them and God. That's between them and God. Really don't got nothing to do with you. And, and here's my thing. Unless God has called you to walk through this thing with that person, shut up. It's none of your business. If you're not going to pray, hush. It's none of your business. Right. If you, Especially if you don't want to help. Right. If you're doing it just to sabotage, but then it goes back to, well, that's what yes. we do to ourselves. We do. We if we if we sabotaging ourselves and if we're hard on ourselves and we have this fake humility. Do it to other of course we're gonna look at other people like, yeah, that's why I don't go to church. Even though it's you that's messed up. That's why you ain't going. It's you that's messed up. Let me say this. Because Easter is tomorrow. (laughs) It's resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive and well. Happy resurrection weekend. The church is not for perfect people. It's for for jacked up people. Who are trying to get it right. For sure. That's what the church is. For sure. The people who have an issue with church, you made church perfect. Right. You made church this place. Are you where made religion where it's, it's, it's this, there's this perfection standard when it comes to religion. Like, why is it? Because I believe in Jesus and I believe in God and I believe in the Bible. Now I'm looked at like, oh, you said you believe in the Bible. So, I mean, why, uh, why, are, you, why are you smoking that cigarette? Like, you know what I mean? Like, bro, and, like, Oh, I just watched down. a video, a couple videos where um, it was these pastors talking and this pastor gave a great example. Somebody, uh, one of his members came up to him and was like, so do I have to stop smoking weed? To come to church, and he was like, "No." And they were sure. like, "They were like, what do you, what do you mean, no?" He was like, "He was like, do I have to, before I come to church, before I have a relationship with Jesus, do I have to stop smoking weed?" And he's like, "No." Right. And the dude was dumbfounded because he was, and he told him, he said, "You don't, um, you get, oh, it was great." He said, <laughs> "Talk you to him, Dave. You don't." become clean before you get in the shower. Right. You get in the shower to become clean. Right. Walking with and Jesus it's an internal is the thing. same way. It's an internal thing. Like, and all of this, it, all of this is all related, right? But I feel like 
why would you stop smoking if internally you want to smoke anyway? Like right. if internally, like I feel like for me, I'd want to kill the desire. It's the desire that needs to die. It's not the actual doing. Right. If the desire is there, like we, you know, we know God looks at your heart. Where is your heart? Like what is the intentions of you now right. wanting to walk this thing out to right. be better? Right. It's a it's it's a it's an internal thing. It's a heart thing. So we look at the externalization of people, but right. it's really a, the internal um, battle. And that's where to go back to trauma and everything. It's always a reflection of who we are, how we view the external part of a person. Right. Because if I sit here and I judge you based on something you're dealing with, like I ain't got my own stuff I need to work on. Right. And it's just like, you got to love people to better. But the reason why most people don't, because you don't love yourself. You don't love yourself. We don't know how to love. We wasn't taught. Like I said, I know I wasn't. And it's no shade to my parents or anything like that. Um, But I just, I don't think, I don't think I was taught um, how to love, how to value. I didn't even, and I wasn't taught it. I feel like, because they wasn't taught it. It's not no shade. This is not shade. This is just. And now it's. The question is, do you want to learn? Exactly. Of course. That's why I'm here. Do That's you, why I study myself. When I'm studying, you know, the stuff that I'm studying, I'm studying me. Right. That's all I'm doing. I'm just studying me. I'm trying do to you, find me in yes. this information. Like, I'm trying to find what I, how I can use this information um, to be better. And I'm just tr- doing it on a platform. I just happen to be doing it on a platform. I don't want people to think like, oh, you're doing this research because you're trying to go viral. No, I'm doing this research. This was going to happen with or without this podcast. Right. I was going to be doing this anyway. I was already doing this. Um, the stuff that I talk about, I was already talking about this stuff. Yeah. We just decided to jump on here, get some mics and some cameras and do it in front of people. But we was already having these conversations Um, because one thing about me, I just feel like I'm very thorough. So when I put my mind to something like, oh, I want to be better. I'm not leaving no crumbs. I'm going after everything. I told y'all in an episode before I'm dying empty. And this is not just about going after dreams and goals. This is about the internal work that I'm doing the internal work, the things that I'm realizing, like, Dave, how you're handling this is not right. We should do better. Or, you know, because what I don't want, I don't want to be a external success and an internal failure. For sure. Um, I'm going to tell a personal story. When my brother, Joseph, passed away, got into a motorcycle accident, motorcycle fell to the ground, hit uh, a telephone pole, his head. What caused him to die wasn't the scratch on his head. He just had a scratch on his head. What caused his death, what was happening on the inside. And what was that? Um, Internal bleeding. Mm. So he hit it so hard that it was just a scratch on the outside, but on the inside of his his brain, it was bleeding mm. profusely. Mm. And what we don't see, we see people's small scratches on the outside, but we don't see what they're dealing with on the inside. And some people are dying and are fully functioning while dying because all we see is what's on the outside. Right. So you think there's this... 
insensitivity with trauma? I think so. I think so too. I think there's absolutely, even within ourselves, like it's, it's very, um, I don't know if we take it seriously. Like, Oh, you know, my brain is wrapped around my experiences. If I had a bunch of crazy experiences and I've never dealt with it and I've never talked about it and I've never researched, try to figure out how I can overcome these things. Um, Dang, I kind of I always do that. I always forget where I'm going with stuff. We were talking about uh, what internal. What was we talking about? And um, I said we look at people on their external, externally, but we don't know what's happening on the inside. Yes, but and I so forget what this, I was trying to say to that. It'll come back to me. It'll it come will. back to me. I don't know. I don't remember where I was going with that. Um, now I'm trying to think, but oh well. All right, so what was we talking about? We was talking about trauma responses, basically how we respond, how basically how we responded to trauma. Yeah. Um, one of the technical terms. Can I push pause on you? Yeah. I asked you for the definition of self sabotage, and I don't think. Oh you yeah, ever gave let's look that up. Let me let's get that real quick. I did look it up, but I don't, what did we start talking about? I don't. Well, know. you you had given. Um, the list of so this is a long definition um it says self-destructive behavior is any behavior that is harmful or potentially harmful towards the person who engages in this behavior self-destructive behaviors have been shown by many people throughout the years it's a continuum uh, which one extreme end of the scale being suicide self-destructive actions may be deliberate born of impulse or developed as a habit so that's kind of uh, but like I think like the gist is it's harmful or potentially harmful to the person engaging in the behavior. So doing something that harms you. And I just feel like, like I said before, it's not always obvious that you're harming yourself. It's right. not always, um, like I said, people pleasing. We like to talk about how we I feel like people love to brag about being there for someone, being there for someone, being there for someone. But if you're so there, I feel like I think people brag about that a lot. And I know that like I used to brag about it a lot because it was kind of like feeling a void that I had within myself. It really wasn't feeling a void, but I feel like that's what I was trying to do. You right. know what I'm saying? Trying to like, oh, I'm not being taken care of. So I'm going to take care of everyone else. And I feel like that's going to make me feel better about not being taken care of or not taking care of myself. Right. Um, so I think people pleasing is like, that's so, I feel like that's such a trend and that's such a big thing. I feel like, and especially in our communities, that's all we know how to do. Mothers, single mothers. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of self-sabotaging to, oh, I'm not going to worry about nothing that has to do with me. I'm just going to take care of my kid, take care of my kid, take care of my kid, take care of my kid. Everything yeah. is about my kid. Everything's kids, 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 kids. And we forget about ourselves. That's self-sabotaging. Even let's go deeper. You're teaching your kids to self-sabotage at that point too. Yes. Because I'm going to tell you what, what's going to happen. Your kids are going to get older. And because, and I, I'm not saying most people think this way on purpose. I just think it's a result of you put your kids um, needs first so much that when you get older, you're going to expect your kids to do the same for you. Mm -hmm. 
and take care of you. And now they owe you. And like now what? They, they owe you. Well, I was always nah, there for you. I didn't ask you to uh, <laughs> get pregnant. <laughs> but the thing is, your kids didn't ask for this. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, I didn't ask to be here. <laughs> you chose this out of fear. You chose this because the construct of or the idea of what it means to be a good mother means I always have to put my kids first and I have to forget about myself. But the thing is, early in childhood development, you're doing your kids a disservice. 100%. 100%. And I think it's very eye-opening for me because that's the whole point, right? Like when you think about it, that's the whole point of being better. Right. That's the whole point is realizing like, oh, a lot of my habits were detrimental to me. And not only to me, I'm going to pass it right down to my child if I don't fix it. You know what that's called? Do you know what it's called? What's it called? It's called. <laughs> oh, it just left me. Um, <laughs> See what's going on? It's the self Nope, I got it. It's called a generational curse. You know what? And I have a word for that on here. They call it uh, generational pathology. Yeah. Generational pathology. Doing what you saw. Um, you know, there's a saying, you are what you hate. You become what you hate. Do you believe in that? Yes. Before I do, before we jump into that, though, what what is, because um, I said self-sabotaging, like for me, the biggest thing is the people pleasing because there's this misconception that it's a good thing when it's not. What do you, what's it, you have any other like examples of what? Uh, mine, my, the way I self-sabotage, um, when I know I'm supposed to do something that's beneficial for my own development, I will hold it off because I am afraid. And I guess this is a form of people pleasing. I'm afraid of what people might think. And or how people are going to view me. And it will go on for so long, I will get so angry. What I do, I cut everybody off. Everybody. And it's like, even people who may have a little bit to do with it, I just want a clean slate. I don't care about nothing else. Right. Leave me alone. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with nobody who had to do with it. But that's, it's a form of, run, of running away. You know what's so dope about that for me? I feel like that's a good thing that you care about what people think. Um, but I think it's just a way to use that to your advantage as well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have to understand that people do matter, but you are a person too. So you matter too. And so what you thing, think yeah. about yourself matters as well and i think yes 100 percent is self-sabotaging if you're only thinking about what other people may think and you're not ever thinking about how you think you know oh i know something is going to benefit me but i'm scared that people even though i'm a person too other people are going to not approve of it and so I'm just going to keep self-sabotaging because I'm too afraid of other people. And you will be, you will walk through this life so unhappy. So unhappy. And it, go back, it goes back to what I said. Become numb to it all. Become numb to everything. And it's just like you're doing more damage to yourself 
if you're not able to feel. When I got my uh, 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 wisdom teeth removed, um, not wisdom teeth. When I went to the dentist, they had to numb me up, work on my teeth. And they told me, when we're done, don't eat until you can feel your tongue again. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. But it's, it's super funny. weird. <laughs> and, you, and you look a little slow when you when <laughs> you, you when you're done. Because your whole mouth is numb. You're drooling, everything. Oh, my gosh. Shut and up. so <laughs> what they said, though, was because what you can do, you will bite on your tongue and not feel it. And you can bite your tongue off. Mm-hmm. So you're giving, you're going through pain, but you don't feel it. Right. And that's how most people walk through life. Some of you, some of us, I'm going to include myself. For sure. I know walk, I'm numb to a lot of things. We walk through life so numb that we, we, we are going through pain, but it's just like you, you walk, you're a zombie. You feel nothing. What do you think some examples of that? Because that's kind of like that goes into uh, one of a, a trauma response technical term is called disassociation. Um, where basically that means it's a disconnection from reality. Your nervous system gets overwhelmed and you just completely disconnect. Um, what do you think an example of that is? Where you just disconnect from everything? I just feel like, okay, so this for me, that kind of helped me thinking about my uh, previous relationships, my, my last relationship uh, more specifically. I felt like he did that a lot. And I was extreme. I didn't realize that it was a trauma response. I'm not saying that it was, but coming to think of coming to think about it, it does seem like that's what it was. Where yeah. it's kind of like it's it's almost like I'm just gonna pretend there is not a problem. It's, uh, like that was like one of the biggest reasons uh, that our relationship failed because he always wanted to pretend that reality. He never wanted to tackle reality. Right. He always wanted to pretend like it wasn't real. And it, it goes, it's like fight or flight. Yes. And I'm, I'm working on it. I'm the same way. But it, I'm the same way in regards to, I don't know, the first thing, I don't want to respond to this emotionally. So if I'm like upset and I'm having an emotional moment, let me come down and we can have this, like have a logical conversation mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yeah. The second thing is, um, I believe with men, we are afraid to be wrong. Because if we are looked at as wrong, we are looked at as weak. And like we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what the, what one of the most manly thing you can do as a man is admit that you were wrong. And come to the realization, I didn't get it right here. But I'm not going to let it stop me from trying to get it right. Yes, and I don't think that's a man thing. I think that's a human thing. And I think that's a human flaw to kind of be so accepting of yourself. Like, that's, you know, that's why we're here. You know, because it's like, again, it's kind of like an overload. Like, is is it really self-love if you're loving all the things that harm you? If you're harming yourself, um, I just feel like I did it again. Dave. Did it. I, I, I did it. it again. I saw it. Yeah, I did it again. Um, what, what did you what is the last thing you said? You said 
Um, what was the last thing you said? Do you remember? I said, um, um, uh, 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 good Lord. I think it's the Celsius and the lack of sleep. <laughs> no, I think it's the lack of sleep. <laughs> and then the caffeine is just like, my mind's racing and racing and racing, right. but it's tired. No, we were, um, what did I just say? Yeah, what did you say, Dave? You talk, okay, let's go, let's, let's go back. We were talking about, uh, okay, we were talking about disassociation. Yes, that we were talking so about I said, um, leaving. Uh, 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 the second thing I had said, shutting down emotionally, trying to come afraid, back to the being table. afraid to be wrong is what I was talking about. Being afraid to be wrong, and you said it's not just you don't think it's just a man thing. You think it's just a human thing. Yeah, uh, yes, I think it's just a human thing. But I kind of forgot where I was trying to go with that. I just feel like again. Sometimes, like, I feel like we can, we can, we can, self-love can kind of be like, like I said, I think I said this on the self-worth episode, where it's like, we looking at self-love as loving everything about yourself. Um, and when really, I feel like it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of picking things apart and kind of designing yourself how you want to be. Instead of it being like, oh, I'm, I, I'm on a self-love journey. I ain't. I don't care about accept me with my flaws and all like I'm happy that I'm imperfect. I'm imperfectly imperfect. Nothing needs to change about me. But um, while that's great and all that you have this confidence, is it really confidence if you don't if you can't, like you said, pick things out and say, well, this was wrong and I need to fix it. Um, you know, I definitely I don't think that's a gender thing. I think that's a human thing that right. we just we're just we just love our flaws a little too much sometimes. And I think that's what, you know, this podcast is about. Like, yeah. it's okay to be who you want to be. It's okay to change um, yeah. things about yourself. And let me uh, go back to the... Um, association or... Disassociation. Pretending like ain't nothing wrong. Just attaching yourself Oftentimes, from reality. It's not even about us being afraid of the situation, right? We are afraid of being misunderstood. We are afraid of, if I communicate how I feel, is this gonna come back and bite me? Because that's my biggest thing with vulnerability. If I, if I tell you how I really feel, am I gonna, are you gonna throw this back in my face? Because if that's the case, I'm shutting it all down right now. Mm. I'm shutting it all down. So what does throwing it back in your face looks like? What does so that even look like? If 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 I were to tell you, hey, the way you talk to me, the way you said that thing makes me, it hurts me. It makes me feel like you don't respect me as a man. If you look at me and go, and you tell me you don't care, or you tell me um, later down the line, we go through the same thing again. Well, that's why you don't feel like a man. Oh, okay. Mm. So what am I going to do? All right. That's how you feel. I'm not bringing it up no more. And, and, and that's why I feel like the education of trauma is important because if you are disassociating, um, and what's crazy is the way they described it, um, it's really the opposite of like, what is it? What is the other thing? It's called arousal. 
arousal response. So there's arousal response and there's disassociation response. And it's kind of the opposite. So arousal is like the act of being able to fight or flight, being able to make the decision to do something about it. Um, and then dissociation is kind of like, I'm not able to, to fight it. I'm not able to flee it. So I kind of have to numb myself to get through it. Right. Um, or it's like, um, I want to say last thing about the disassociation thing. And this is not just a man thing. I think it's women also. But I think it's more said about for women than it is men. We often hear women want security, which is true. Women want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. A man will never disassociate himself if he feels safe. If I feel safe enough. And I think that's where I was going with the education of trauma responses or the education, just like I said, the education of trauma, period you're able to point these things out. Obviously, you're not a doctor, right. you're not a therapist or anything like that, but I think you're able to just look at it differently. Like, I, if I see you shutting down, and if I'm looking at it like a trauma response, and I'm looking right. at it like your brain is literally has literally developed its way to this point where you basically can't help it. That's right. why I wanted to talk about brain development, because if my brain is developed a certain way, it causes these responses. Why, why, are, why are we dismissing that? You know what I'm saying? And I, I think I did that a lot. I think we all do it, you know, in relationships where it's like, oh, you, I'm ready to talk about this, but you don't want to talk about this. You, you need to grow up. You need to do this. And it's all, it's this attack, you know? Mm-hmm. And so me, you know, been reading up on the things I've been reading up on, it made me think like, dang, like I have been attacking trauma. People that are, that are responding from pain. They're responding from things that, that is hurtful. Yes. You know, it may be quote unquote, a bad thing in the relationship, but when you start looking at people as people, when you're not so concerned about the umbrella term of the relationship and everything that's supposed to happen in a relationship, when you take all of that out, because we try, I, I like to do that. I like, I like structure. I like thinking about relationships in a, in a sense of structure. Like, oh, we're supposed to talk about everything and we're supposed to do this. But sometimes people are going to be people. So it doesn't always work like that. And I think just educating yourself on people and humans and human interaction and uh, how brain, how the brain develops and how these responses, these trauma responses come about, you start to see people as actual people. And now you, you're able to just have the conversations to a, from a person to a person from love to love. Like you said, just loving a person. Um, For me, that 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 was eye opening for me because it's like now I'm going to be way, way different in my conversations with people. Just knowing now certain things that you do, I'd be ready to fight you for before, like you ignoring me, anything, you know, anything that's not going the way I think it should go or you're not, quote unquote, being a good boyfriend or a good man to me. But a lot of times these things are happening because they are they are responding to things to trauma. They may not know that, but but they're responding to it. And now we can kind of pick it out. And that's to me, that's that's the whole point of this conversation. 
That's the whole point of this conversation. Now I could talk to you. I can have a conversation with you. It's not about this battle between, oh, I'm a good person and you're not that good of a person. Right. Now let's actually, how can we build and grow if we can't have the conversations? Yep. So just so when I was reading up on disassociation, um, the whole disconnection from reality thing, I struggled with that a lot in my past relationship, be, just being completely insensitive to why it was happening. Um, and I, like I said, I, that's eye-opening for me. It's like, cause like now it's like, okay, instead of being so concerned about what's, why it's so bad in a relationship, be more concerned about why it's happening to this person. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this too. And I've said this probably a few times before. We're going to repeat ourselves a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. You will be okay. (laughs) Got to remind you. Got to connect the dots, you know. But that's that's what relationships are. It's a constant reminder of how to walk out this life together. Yeah. Um, Every man has a cave. He goes to that cave because in that cave, it's safe. I can be myself. I can do whatever I want to do without, it's my escape from everything. Mm -hmm. A man will only come out of his cave if the woman is worth it. Yeah. If the woman makes him feel safe to come out of that cave because what you don't want is for you to be the reason he's in that cave in the first place. For sure. Because I know. And I know I was a reason that a man went to his cave every time. Every time. I know we do this thing where we tell women, be his peace. And, of course, like everything else, it catches flack. It's a toxic way of thinking. I think it's a Bring me peace first. Give me peace and I'll be your peace. (laughs) And I'm, I'm telling you now, what you do not want. Is for him to have peace in a place where you are not. Because I don't want you around. Right. You're the you're part of the things that make me go crazy. And and, and like I said, the reason why that is, is because we lack education on people and right. how we how we are, how we move, how, you know, the types of things that we do, the types of things that we do. Um, as a result of the the things that we've experienced. Yes. We don't study these things and we don't talk about these things, but we have this super high expectation of people in relationships, yeah. but we don't take the time to actually get to know the person. No, we don't. What's the point of an expectation if you're not going to, if you're not going to get to know the person to even see if they can even meet that expectation? And And I'll say this too. For all the men out there, like me, who has a cave. Yes, every woman, should the woman you are in relationship with, should help you be, the re, be the, one of the reasons you come out the cave. But also, let's, let's be self-aware enough to where we think about, why am I staying in this cave in the first place? Mm-hmm. What, what is making me feel unsafe? out there to where I don't want to come out anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't put it on everybody else all the time. 
everybody else does play a factor to some point. However, at some point, you got to be like, are they causing me to stay here or am I allowing them to make me stay in this cave? Right. No, for sure. It's it's 100% still accountable. You know, you still have to be accountable, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but yes, I mean, I think it's way more powerful of a woman to make the cave less effective. I feel Absolutely. like because you're, you're such his, you're his cave in a way you, you're his getaway. You're his, you're his yes. escape. Um, oh, because he goodness. can 100% be, be himself. He is completely guard all the way down, um, himself and the only way I feel like that happens is if we are just we turn our sensitivity sensitivity up a little bit with people, you know, instead of being this, oh, he got to do this. And he got to be that. And he got to be like this. And he if he can't communicate, oh, well, if he can't do this. But it's like, what are the things that led him to that point? Why can't we yeah. care about that? And, and ladies, let me help you all out. I'm about to give you all some insight. Okay? <laughs> Talk to me. Pay attention. If you have a man that when he walks into a room and you in there and he can just be in that room and just be and he's cool, that's how you know you got him. If he if you can walk in a room if and he just can walk be. in that room and you are in that room and he can just lay on you and can just be and he can just breathe. And he can just relax. You got that man. You have taught him. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> because the best thing. Now, are we talking? Are we talking like literally like we are literally. laying literally laying on you? Are we talking like more mentally like this is? Well, it, it both, I'm relaxed. Both plays a factor because if I'm not. If you, if I'm not okay up here, right? No, I ain't gonna be in that room. Yeah, I'm going to my cave. <laughs> However, it starts here, starts in the mind, travels to the brain. My brain tells me where to go. So, what I'm saying is, I already know when I walk into this room, my girl makes me feel safe, and I can just be, I can just walk in pop on the couch and I can just lay on her lap <laughs> and we can just watch a movie or a show or if she want to talk I will sit here and listen I'm not going to respond much <laughs> shut up you always say that I'm not I just got <laughs> I just got had a long day I want to I want to hear you I want to hear about your day I'm going to give one word answers it doesn't mean I don't care it just means I had a long day and I just want to sit here and be if that man just sit there and feel like he's loved and you ain't got to do nothing. Just be there. Like if your presence is enough for him, you got him. He doesn't need you to do anything. He, he doesn't need much you entertainment. Don't, you don't need to do anything. The fact that you are there is enough for him. Mm. For sure. I'm, I'm that guy. If you can make me walk, if you can make me feel safe without doing nothing, if you can make the room feel like, all right, I can be myself here. 
and you do nothing. What? We in there. You got right. Me. I think was it Ayana when she was on a breakfast? I don't know if she was on a breakfast club. I seen a clip of her. Uh, I don't know if it was Ayana though. I don't know who it was. It was that lady. She always going off. I love her. She gets real insight about this stuff. Like she's she's right. heavy into it. Um, she said something about women women not understanding the power of silence, um, the power of being silent. Oh, that's good. It really is because oh, we talk a good. lot. We talk too much, actually. We don't never stop talking. <laughs> you said it. You said it. Because I'm like, when she said that, I'm like, dang, when am I ever silent? Like, You said it. Maybe I don't know the power of silence because I don't think I'm ever quiet. I just want to know. want you to know. I'm going to come back to this episode <laughs> every single time. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Like, oh, you parasite. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> you remember you said this? Yeah, let's go. It's on the internet, so it's it ain't going nowhere. It's a work in progress. Nowhere. Listen, I'm not getting on here saying that tomorrow Jazzy is going to be trauma-free because it's not going to listen. No. I'm still triggered by some stuff. I'm still trying to figure things out. Like, why is this like this? You know, why am I behaving like this? Why can't I right. shut up? That's probably the next thing to talk about. You know, like, why do I like to talk so much? Why do I want to, why don't I want to, and I think that goes back to self-sabotage too, because it's like, yeah, cause you we, don't want to listen. You don't like, people don't like, si- I don't like silence, I feel like, because then I'm listening to my own thoughts. Yeah, And I'm also, alone with myself. Yeah, and I promise you, that man heard to. you. <laughs> that man heard you the first time. We heard you. <laughs> You ain't got to keep giving examples. I'm going to keep giving examples. literally heard you the I'm first give time. give you an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. And that's, then I need your response that's, and you know to what? be an introduction. And you know what? You know what my response Not is? Not okay. You wanna, nope. Uh-uh. You want to know my response? Okay. <laughs> All right. I heard you. I hear you. Your feelings are validated. Your feelings are safe and welcomed here. But you're not about to get no drawn-out response from me. I'm going to sit here and be like, Okay. Any more you want to say? Okay. You got listen. it out? Because once I start talking, hush and listen. For sure. I gave you that respect. All I ask is for it in return. For sure. Unless, and, and like I said, silence, it, it, it has to be powerful because being able to listen is like, that's a part of communication that right. we forget. That's the communication we forget about. We love to talk about, oh, we so honest, and we just can't wait to confront some things. I know that's me. I can't wait. I do that at work. Like, what? Uh-uh. We're going to talk to the manager right now. Let's pull him aside because I need to talk because I, like to I like to express whatever is going on. But I think the best part of silence is understanding that being a good listener and actually listening to try to understand is a part of communication. What they say, like, how, what is the percentage of uh, nonverbal communication? I think it's more nonverbal communication out here than it is uh, verbal. You could have stopped right at understanding. The best part of silence is understanding. Yeah. Is understanding that, one, you just need to hush, and two, Sometimes it's not even a solution thing. It's just like a not solution thing. (laughs) Not talking. Silence will make you understand, one, both perspectives. Also, it will tell you that if you are overreacting or not. And in most cases, you are. For sure. 
for sure. So I have a list here. I don't know where I was kind of going with this, but I just have a list that says long-term stress. So long-term, and we can change stress to like, stress is really just uh, what? Just a response. We can look that up. It's just a response to experiences, basically. I would just say what stress is. It's just like this, this response to experiences. And if we think about everything that we talked about, you know, how your brain develop, your brain develop, your brain can be developing on stress. And the long-term effects of stress is what brings these disorders like depression, um, anxiety. There is actually studies about how it's linked to diabetes and stroke. And there's actually, um, there's, I guess, doctors who treat diabetes and, and, you know, like treat physically, things physically being wrong with you, you physically being sick, um, they don't, they don't talk about trauma or stress. Um, like I think the a book I was reading, this doctor was saying this lady's, uh, she had diabetes and I guess her insulin wasn't working and they was trying to figure out why. And they was trying to, you know, think of all the things physically, you know, as to why her insulin wasn't working, but it came to find out because she was in a hospital. Um, she was hearing ambulance all the time and that was triggering her, her, a trauma that was triggering a trauma response for her. And it was actually making her blood sugar go up. Oh, wow. So I think that's eye opening. Yeah. Because not only does this affect us socially, but this can affect us um, physically. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I remember someone said something about they feel like their relative had a stroke because of stress. Absolutely. I agree. And I mean, we talk about this, but that's a lot. Like, I- I've heard that before. Like, oh, you get stressed out, you have a stroke. Or, you know, we all joke about that. Like, you going to make me have a stroke. Like, but that can really happen. Um, um, that's that's eye opening for me because yeah. it's like when you think about your health, um, you know, your physical health, like they like you will see people say stuff like that all the time. Like, I don't care how much you run on a treadmill. If your mental ain't right. You're still not healthy. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Whatever the thought is, whatever the thought is, automatically, and we said this already, but I'm going to say it again. Whatever the thought is, it goes from your mind to your brain and your body reacts. Stress starts in the mind first because stress is a response to whatever's happening, Mm -hmm. right? And then it triggers your your brain, tells the rest of your body, I'm stressed. And your body naturally reacts to that. Physically. Physically. That's deep for me. And if you are not careful, that's why, that is why you have to be careful about what you allow to go on in your mind. Because it all starts there. It's all so relative. Like, it's, and it's all, all so it's important. It's all so relative. But it it's, all goes into, like, this chronological order, right? Yes. Like, it's like what we feed our brains, what we feed our minds, it's shaping us. It's shaping us to become what we're trying to become. Right. Or not, or it may be doing the opposite. And so I just think that's just, oh, it's just, it's so hard to put into words because this is real time. Me mm-hmm. trying to learn myself and, and be a better person. So I'm just, I'm, I'm hearing these things 
myself and I'm like, Jazzy, <laughs> everything you do is, is shaping your brain, making your brain develop a certain way. And that is what's causing the external things. That's right. what's causing all the things that you're doing. You know, um, when we say like, oh, I can't help doing this or I, I can't help doing that, you know, that, that, that goes to like addiction. Um, being addicted to something is a result of your brain develop in a certain way. And these, this is what comes out of it. This is a result of whatever experience you, you, you had that created this, uh, image in your mind of how this is supposed to be. And a result of that is addiction. Right. That's one result. That to me is very eye opening because it's like, we, we so focus on addiction, but what caused it is what we more so should be focused mm. on. It's what causes the addiction. It's not the addiction more so than what yeah. brought, brought it. And also, then when you think about, like I said, this could have been going on since you were two years old. Right. Your brain has been developing based on all these experiences that created whatever the word is that it created and then it influenced these behaviors. And pay attention to your response to it because what will speak most isn't what happened to you. It's how you responded to it. And based off your response, you can make your life go one way or the other. For example, going back to my, my dad and I's relationship, I knew in my head and I believe this is the reason why our relationship is better today. In my mind, I knew I wanted our relationship to be better. So my mind automatically told my brain, act away to make sure that the relationship with your father is better. So what did that mean? Forgiveness. It meant spending time with him. Go talk to him. Mm. Putting in, you have to make the move. Because this is what you want. Right. And most of us don't go after what we want because in our minds, we already made a conclusion. So before our bodies get to the conclusion, our minds are already there. Mm -hmm. So what you, what you have to do is tell your body, hey, I want this. We have to move now to go there. And... What I think you said that's the most important thing about about it is we know that our experiences shape who we are. Yep. Pretty much is what we're saying. The brain mm -hmm. development, all that, that's it. Our experiences shape who we are. You changed your experiences. Absolutely. Your experiences was no relationship. So guess what? Now I'm going to change the experience to a relationship. And that's going to help change your brain development or changed yep. the way. Oh, that's so deep to me. And I want to, I want to preface this too. I don't know how much more we got to go, but I want to say this before this episode or this part of the episode is over. You don't have to, it doesn't have to stay that way. Right. What do I mean? There's always an opportunity to change your life. Yes. What happened to you happened to you. Absolutely. And it's sad that it happened. But now you are at a place 
Because life is all about choices. You're always going to make a choice. And the choice starts in your mind. Every day you have to choose. Mm -hmm. Am I going to let what happened to me keep allowing me to allowing my life to go a certain direction that I don't want it to go in? But before you even get to that step, you got to be honest that you are of going course. through something. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to be honest that you are self-sabotaging, yes. that you are addicted, that you are stressed, that you do have anxiety. I still have to figure out where my anxiety come from. I wouldn't say I have an anxiety disorder, but I 100% have anxiety issues. And I think we talked about that. Maybe it's wrapped in fear, um, just being afraid. I don't know. I, I think uh, in a book I was reading, they was talking about how fear can be passed down, and that's kind of like where we were going to. Um, and we yeah. just touching on it, general pathology. I like I like technical terms, but just uh, generational pathology. Um, basically, just talking about how things are passed down, how be- behaviors are passed down. Um, you you do what you see, you do what you hear, um, and like I said, I, that's what we were going to get into. We were going to talk about uh, well, there's there's saying that you become what you hate. Do you do you feel like you become what you hate? Like say you yeah. I- resented my father as who is a pastor um and for the longest there's a fun fact for you and those listening um when you are a pastor's kid the popular thing to do is think your kids got next which is not always the case However, people always ask me. What do you mean? Okay. I so, understand. You said your kids got next. So if my dad's a pastor, David, you're going to be a pastor one mm. day. So that's like the general thing. Um, and most people would ask me, like, Dave, when are you going to start preaching? My answer would be never. <laughs> never. You never wanted to? Mm-mm. For a long time. I never wanted to, based on what happened with my dad. What do you mean? Oh, y'all relationship. Yeah. So you because didn't want to be blamed, like him because I blamed the fact that he was a pastor on the fact that we he wasn't really there. Because I. Why do you think you did that? Why? What? How did you re- because create that relationship or that correlation? Because we was always at church. Uh, okay. And I felt like he put his church before his children. Mm. And so my response was. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. Never. So the question was, do you believe that we become what we hate? Yeah. And I hated, that? I hated pastors. I didn't hate church. I didn't blame the church on, on that. Pastors, though, didn't care much for him. Didn't care at all. However, or, you know, standing on a platform and preaching. Never. Hate for what? But I had to, as I got older, I had to realize where all that was coming from. Why do I hate this so much? Do right. I, or do I hate the thing? Or do I hate what happened to me? Right. 
because we don't really hate that. It's never the we hate what happened. It's to never us. what we say we think it is. It's never the surface. It's the in depth things that's going on in our brains. Right. That's what's causing. I this hate thing. what happened to me, and I hate what I believe caused my relationship with my dad to go bad. Mm. So fast forward to 2017, living in LA, I was leading worship at a church, and um, I got a call from the pastor. He was like. Hey, I want you to preach Sunday. Now, I have been doing the work, healing, all that. My um, initial thought, because I paused for like, I didn't even respond for like the first 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Within that 10 seconds, I literally heard God say, do it. And I, before I could even think about it, I was like, yes. And so a few times, and it was my first time I ever stood on a platform and preached. How would you feel about that? It felt great. It was liberating because I wasn't using what happened to me as a reason for a reason to say no. And when you can identify what's been holding you back for so long from doing what you knew you supposed, one of the things you were supposed to do, there's a freedom in that when you start walking in it because it wasn't just for me. Right. For sure. Like me preaching wasn't just for me. It was for everybody else too. Mm -hmm. And you, most people think their freedom is a a singularity thing. Most people think it's just for you. Mm -hmm. No, your life, you got free so you can go back and show other people what it's like to be free and the work you had to do to become free Mm -hmm. and not just become free. Tell them the work it takes to stay free because your freedom is not just about you. If that was the case, Harriet Tubman never would have went back. (laughs) Heal people to, to, for her cause missing here. She would have (laughs) never went back if it was just about her being free. For sure. And that, and, I wanted to get into that too, guys, because and I, just to touch base on it, not really to go in depth, because we can actually, we can actually talk more about that in in, in part two, because we ain't done, we ain't done, we got more no, to talk about no, with trauma. We are not. Um, general pathology, generational pathology, passing down behaviors. I have to say, my mind went to slavery when I was studying that. Yeah. Because when even, you think about it, we ain't even gotta go all the way back to that. But but if but, we do, I mean, yeah, the passing down of this, because we, you know, like I said, we're not really aware that we're self sabotaging. We're not really aware of why we are addicted to things. We're not really aware that stroke can come from stress and all of these things. Um. And it's like thinking about what our ancestors went through mm-hmm. and they created a family and all the, just think about the brain development, what we was talking about, a slave being born into being a slave, that the brain development of all the experiences and then they're having kids and then they're having kids, they're having kids, and they're having kids. You don't think that we are still mentally, going through that in a way 
We have to be. We have to be because it's in our DNA. It may not, it may, it doesn't have to be. It's, it doesn't have to be for everybody. But I 100% think, I don't think that there is, there is a, there's this coincidence that there's this lack of self-worth in our culture or there's this, we, we all faking it. You know, we faking this confidence. We're faking this uh, self-love journey. We're, we're self-sabotaging, saying we love each other, love ourselves. Um, that, I feel like it had to have come from what we, what we know. And what we know come from the experiences. And like I said, it was passed down and down. So I, I, I feel like we are still products of it. And I know that there is this argument out there, you know, that, you know, we, we, we're not slaves. Our ancestors were slaves, but we are not slaves. But the issue is when we're talking about trauma, it gets deep because we kind of we come from it in a way. We kind of come from these traumatic experiences. And who's to say who healed from what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say what's in our lineage? Who's to say what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I, I don't ever want to get on here and say anything bad about my parents. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, they're just product of their parents. And their parents are just a product of their parents. Right. And it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. So for me to sit here and just completely shun the idea of pretty much having PTSD, pretty much our culture having PTSD in a way. Yeah. I can't, I can't say that's not true. I can't say that it's true for everybody. But I, ha- I can't leave that out of the conversation. Like, we have this idea that we know we pass down behaviors. I know we pass down behaviors because I know that I am so much like my parents. I am so much like them in good ways and in bad ways. <laughs> so I see it happen. We all see it happen. You know, we, I can say that all day. My daughter acts just like me. That's not a coincidence. Right. So just think about all the pro- the products of all the experience, the things that we experience as a culture, as, as black people. You know what I'm saying? And then we all had kids after that, and we kept having kids, and we kept having kids, and we kept having kids, and we think that this doesn't connect? That our lack of self-worth or our, our ability, like I remember before entrepreneurship was a trend. Just think about before entrepreneurship right. was a trend. Think about what entrepreneurship looked like to our culture before real estate and all that got popular. You know what I'm saying? People was looking at you like, what? You're going to buy that building. Bye. Right. Only white people can do that. We saying this well after slavery, well after. So I can't say, I can't leave that out. Right. I can't leave that out of this conversation. Um, and that just goes back to education. It's not blaming anything on anyone because at the end of the day, this is still accountability, an accountability show. So I'm not here saying, yeah, we're products of slavery. We just have no hope. No, it's just having the education of understanding that there is a reason you feel inferior. There is a reason for that. Um, and we talked about being taught that way. You know, we kind of taught that we will never own anything, you know, that we, we're not meant to own anything. Now we have to reteach ourselves to, to, you know, and it, it just goes back to everything that we talked about. A lot of, of what we learned and gained from our generations, mm-hmm. um, we kind of have to unlearn and reteach ourselves. Yeah. Re, recreate our experiences like Dave did with his dad. Recreate, change the narratives. And so. Intentionally. 
there's a spiritual side to the generational generational pathology and it's called generational curses for sure and you know a lot of what's passed down in a spiritual sense too is internally i'll give an example um money so i come from a long line of entrepreneurs that i never knew until recently um, there is, uh, he's like a great, 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 great nine generations ago, um, grandfather of mine who built a hotel, uh, called the Driscoll, still up in Austin, Texas. Beautiful. Um, mm. and my grandfather, my dad's dad would have been, and so we're going all the way back. Pushing all the way forward. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. He had his own, like, um, um, I think trucking company or like blacktop, it's some like construction, whatever. He would have been the first black man to own a Burger King franchise. Mm. They approached him. Let me tell you what his response was. His response was, uh, no, because I don't want white people to think I got money. Why do you think that? So. That's interesting. The generational curse is dying without a lot of money. So nine generations ago, that great-grandfather, Winter storm came, killed all of his farmland, killed all the animals. Could no longer pay for the hotel and everything. Mm. He died broke. Grandfather died, not a lot of money. My dad has his own um, driving business. He first started off doing Uber and everything. Got clients based off that. Started his own driving business. My father made the realization that he doesn't want that for his family anymore. Having me, who's an entrepreneur, I don't want that for my family. Right. So the the generational curse of my family dying without money and not leaving an inheritance for our, our children and children's children, the generational curse ends with me. Of course, absolutely. But That's the here's whole the point. thing. You have to acknowledge that, one, there is a generational curse. Right. Two, where it comes from. Right. Three, where it ends. Right. And then there's internal work. And then there's an internal work. And then there's work to do so to make sure that the generational curse doesn't continue. Because that's a conversation, right, where... We forget about in, well, who we are internally. Right. We forget about fixing who we are internally because I see people all the time kind of chasing the bag. Yeah. But at the same time, they're still self-sabotaging. And the thing is, we everybody's chasing the bag. But why is it every time you get money, it ends up missing quickly? It goes right back into the white community. But that's another conversation. Like, you get, it's like there's holes in your pocket. Like, wh- what is it that causes every time you get money, 
you lose it just as quick as you got it. So there is a a generational curse that's happening, and it's not even about money. Sometimes it can be divorce. Everybody in your family done got divorced. Everybody. Boy, or, if you was in a two-parent household, you was lucky. Or um, it could be something as far as, like, abuse. Everybody in your family done got abused. All the women in your family been abused. That's a generational curse. Yes. Yes. 100%. And, it, and you have to come to the realization it ends with me. Right. Absolutely ends with me. Now, I ain't saying you got to put up with everything. Like, you know, I said divorce. If you in an abusive relationship, get out. Absolutely. I ain't saying it all that. It sucks that we, we have to have that disclaimer. Because it's like, duh, if it doesn't work, if it does, if it's detrimental. Because, I mean, there's self-sabotage and there's just sabotage. Somebody's sabotaging you. You and, know and, what I'm and, saying? And you're right. It is sad we have to say that. But we have to because. Of course we do. You know, there are people who feel like there's no way out. Which is also a and then we don't want to yeah we don't want to promote marriage to a point where we're we're promoting being unhappy in marriages like that's not no absolutely nope. not I don't believe in not. that I do not so, believe yeah. in that um, so yes generational uh, pathology or curses that is that is big um, I would love I would love to go deeper into that because uh, one thing uh, Oprah Oprah's a big uh, trauma head she's a big she researches i guess because all the abuse that she went through as a kid made her very passionate about this subject and she has said she had a quote uh well i didn't know that oak came from acorn but that's basically what she was saying like in order to get to know the oak you gotta go back to the acorn i'm guessing because the acorn is it comes the oak comes from the acorn but that's just basically kind of why i want to dig a little deeper into absolutely the acorn or the root of us, the root as a people, because again, the things that we go through as a culture, I don't believe it's a coincidence that these things are happening, especially knowing what we went through, what our ancestors went through, um, knowing we see that things gets passed down. We see that we act like our parents. We see that our kids act like us. And then we just completely take out the fact that there has been all these other things that's been going on for years and centuries and centuries and centuries, and it's still happening today. Right. And we don't connect the dots. Um, so yeah. 100%, that's that's definitely something to connect. Um, we really can end on that for real. Um, oh, there is this, there was this, uh, this is just touching on it real quick. Uh, in a book I read, it was talking about how traumatic behaviors um, are deemed deviant in schools. Um, and they're just thrown... They're 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 deemed deviant, so they're punished for it, and they're thrown in in jail for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to bring up because it's the lack of education, not just with uh, within us, but within the education systems, within the justice systems. We are literally punishing people from from literally our like I said, the brain development. We're, we're causing these behaviors and then we're being punished for things that is going that was going to happen anyway because of our we are being punished based on a flawed system that we didn't even start we had nothing to do with the system being created <sighs> yet we are being punished for it 
We're being punished for being traumatized by things. We're being punished for having feelings that we kind of really don't understand yet because we're talking about kids. I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about grownups, but the grownups are the product of the kid, right? So if you were a kid in school and you was a bad kid, now I look at bad kids differently. I don't look at bad kids like bad kids. Because when you think about. they want to be bad. Is it a trauma response? And then what are we doing with these trauma response, these kids that are going through trauma responses? We're just throwing them in suspension. We're writing them off like, oh, he's a bad kid. Write him up. Suspend him. And don't none of that work. That's the thing. And don't work. Man, I got detention for the dumbest reason. <laughs> Asking for a piece of paper. You know what I did the next day? Asked for a piece of paper. <laughs> Asking for a piece of paper. She got fired Oops, that same year, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, oh my, God. my point is. That's, I just thought that was those, a good. They never work. A good point to bring up because we got to understand that our children is the next generation. You know what I'm saying? So if we are, if we're going to continuously punish our children for literally just being humans. Right. Our God created our brain to work the way it's working. Whether, you know what I'm saying? So the experiences that leads us to all the behaviors that we doing, that we're doing, that's how it's supposed to go. It's just that the experience that we experience is, is not how it was supposed to go, but the way it creates your behaviors and how it develops your brain, that is supposed to happen that way. It's just the experiences that's supposed to be different. Right. So a kid can't help that though. If you're a three-year-old and you've had all these experiences as a three-year-old, of course you're gonna have deviant behavior. But the fact that it's looked at as deviant, it's just, that's a whole conversation within itself. But I just wanted to bring that up because it's just, I want to change the conversation. You know what I'm saying? I just want to change the conversation and be more sensitive to people. Yes. Because our experience is, 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 is says a lot about us and our behaviors and the way we act. And a lot of us, we walk around, we're, we're, we feel like we're so entitled to we're so entitled to good behavior. We think we're so entitled to the right man and the right woman and the the person that does all the right things. But we forget about the trauma and we forget about the experiences and we forget about how that creates a human and how that creates behaviors. And um, we don't talk about it enough. That's that's how I feel. We don't talk about it enough. And pain is very, is very real. Um, it's not... A mental just a mental thing you know this whole mind over matter like pain is not real you know I, kind of, I think sometimes people think like that like oh pain is just it's in your head it's all in your head no it's actually no, not studies not. show that uh it causes diabetes and things like that so Absolutely. it's a very real thing to be in pain and it's very um and I just think that just brings light to understanding how important the education of getting to know yourself and getting to know the things that you do and why you do it why that is so important because you're literally um you're literally chasing after your health when you do that you're literally um you're not leaving any crumbs when it comes to your mental health when you talk right. about mental health you know, what is that? I think that's a lot of what we talked about. But, you know, mental health, you know, people are not getting it, going in depth, I feel like, with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, my revelation from this, just, just talking about trauma or researching trauma, is understanding that me walking into researching trauma was me trying to figure out what's wrong with me.
then I had to think about it when I actually start researching it. I was finding out that there's nothing wrong with me. Right. So I like to end on that note to say. I told you that. The research of trauma, you did. I sure did. You see how this works? It's so crazy. You did. You did. And I didn't realize that until I started researching what's wrong with me just to find out there's nothing wrong with me. The brain works. It works great. It works exactly how it's supposed to work. It's just reacting to your experiences because that's the way we were wired. That's how we're wired. So now what do we do with that? What do we do now that we know that? And I think that's what our next episode is going to be about. Yeah, there's definitely a part two. Or two. So yeah. Yeah. Period. Well, great conversation. Great <laughs> yes, conversation. For sure. All right. So this next segment oh, is Lord. called. I seen you getting it together. Did that really <laughs> happen? Okay. On a lighter note. Is this a lighter note? Yeah. Okay. Cool. It, I was a little ner- like I'm still kind of nervous. <laughs> oh my god. However, myself, I just want to see Nell's reaction because mine was crazy. So my friend sent this to me oh, in my DMs on IG. <laughs> And I just want to, it, it starts with a question, and you got to listen really closely. You got to listen, okay, to the story. But the question starts off, what's a fetish you couldn't agree with, agree on with your partner? All right, here we go. What? <laughs> what's a fetish you? Wait a minute. I gotta start over. What? I'm already annoyed. <laughs> I'm Hold already on. irritated. All right, here we go. Where's the speaker? You are so annoying. What's a fetish you couldn't agree with your partner? So about a week ago, my wife told me she thought the idea of eating my booty hole was hot and she wanted to do it. I thought that was kind of weird, so I laughed and said, I guess we can try it. But I asked her what was do hot about it and either some gentle prodding I got to the heart of the issue. She wanted to try eating my poop. I love my wife so, so much. We've been married for six years, have two beautiful children and a wonderful life together. I figured that I could at least try it even though the thought makes me squeamish. For her, she definitely does intimate things for me that don't really get her off, so I thought, what's the harm? Well, she took the kids to her mom's house yesterday and told me to shower. I showed up and she had a drink for me when I got out. I drank a couple more then we went to the bathroom and got naked and she laid in the tub and I crouched over her with my booty hole exposed. She started kissing and licking it while rubbing my rocket which honestly was not unpleasant. Then it got a bit weird. She was moaning and playing with herself while eating my booty then she moaned feed me baby. I want your poop. I want it all. I tried to poop but it was really weird and uncomfortable. Right as I started to feel it slipping out I heard her moan hell yes. Then she sucked a small piece of poop right out of my booty hole and started eating it. I felt so gross and uncomfortable that I honestly almost started crying. I watched the mother of my children and a woman I love suck a (laughs) nugget of poop out of my butt and eat it. It was one of the most disgusting experiences of my life and I need to talk to her because she texted me today that she wants to eat more of my special brownies and I haven't responded. So, just so y'all know, that is a true story. That is a trauma response, 100%. It is a true story. So the question is, what happened to her in her childhood that would make her want to do something? The like that? first question is, what? Okay, first question: What is like a fetish that you could not agree with your partner on? Other than that, of course, never. Two. What would be your response to that? Response to what? If, but like, what? What? What am I responding to? Like, what? <gasps> I, I need to know. So if your uh your partner came up to you and was like, "Hey, I want you to try this new fetish with me." 
And what is the fetish? It depends on what it is. So my question was, is there a fetish that you couldn't agree? Absolutely. It's probably thousands of them. (laughs) I am basic. Threesomes, anal sex. If we're talking sexually, I'm not doing that. None of that. I'm not touching your booty hole. I'm not doing it. I'm not touching it. Let alone my tongue going down there, bro. Stop it. Nope. Stop it. Never. I don't want you to touch mine either. Never. Like, I know those women that want to get her that booty don't. ate. I don't. I, I don't, don't feel like that's, it's not a sex, I don't feel like a booty hole is a sexual organ. No. No, no, no. Feces. It's not all a sexual organ. I don't care. Like, vagina and penis is enough when it comes to sex. There's nothing. That's all we need. There's we don't no. need booty holes too. I don't understand the whole booty hole thing. Like, Listen, I don't. <laughs> I don't even know how you wrap your mind around the fact that this is something you possibly want to do. Like we she, just talked about she it. She literally sat there and told this, "I want you." Her experiences. Her experiences. My response would be <laughs> made her brain develop. Ain't nothing wrong with her, Dave. <laughs> no, something wrong. Something is out. Nope, nope. Nope. We changed the conversation. Nope. What happened to you, boo? There is one. What happened to there you? There is one exception. There is and not that an that exception. that is me chewing on what he said, your special brownie nuggets, whatever it is. That is trauma. Something is. Something my response. To my response would be. Of course something happened to her. Of course. Maybe she got slapped in the face with it. <laughs> Shut when she was just, up. I don't know. My response would be. I hate you so much. Get in the car. We are going to get you checked out. Psychologist we, ASAP. Psychiatrist. Yeah. Because you are a psycho. We need straight jacket. This is a straight jacket situation. <laughs> oh, I would be so scared. We no, would, seriously. I would not sleep in the same bed. I would probably wouldn't even be in the house. Wouldn't be in what? the house. Nope. So what's the fetish you couldn't agree with? Um, all the things you said. <laughs> um, so you wouldn't want to threesome either? No. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. No, I don't like. You don't fantasize about like two women. No, you can be honest, Dave. It's okay. No, one, I won't judge you. I would just I ask what happened to you. I don't like people. You're right. I'm one an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> I want one person. That's where I, I thrive. Right. One woman. Okay, that's it. Like, also, it's like if you are having a threesome. At some point, y'all going to be competing. <laughs> Who has course. time for that? No. Right. I'm good. It's too much. Um, I think also, yeah, no anal. No. Keep your booty hole where it's <laughs> Keep it for the things. It's just, it's, it's the, something. It's supposed things to are supposed eliminate. To come out. Yeah, right. It's supposed to eliminate things. Things are supposed to He's not go in. stuff in there. I don't. I, I, yeah, how I are don't. we making sense of this? God I did, don't. God did not make your booty hole he didn't, for that. He didn't. Um, it's not even open. Your booty hole. Handcuffs. <laughs> Handcuffs. Can't do it. Nope. No, no, no. I've no. never done it. I don't know why I would be I've never done it either. to it. I Did just, you think that's a trust thing that you can't do handcuffs? No, I just want to be free. I just, <laughs> nope. Why do you want to be free, though? You know, we got to dig a little deeper, Dave. Mm-mm. Because handcuffs, I feel like if you don't like it, that means you don't like being handcuffed. Yeah. To me, that means you just don't trust. Um, no, what comes it's with not that? trust. My ancestors were in shackles and chains. <laughs> I don't need to, I don't need to have that example running through my brain. I'm good. Say uh-uh. it's a trigger, huh? Nah, we only, we ain't doing the nope. hiccups. <laughs> I need freedom. <laughs> we not doing this for the ancestors. This is not a tribute to So them. if y'all role playing and I'm the cop, 
whatever. Nope. And dang, I can't. We can't play cops and robbers. You can put my hands behind my back, but you're not putting no cuffs on there. I'll pretend. I know, because, yes, I do have anxiety, like, when it comes to stuff like that. Because, like, what if you can't get them off? Like, yep, see, what if you, you lose the key? Because me, I lose the key or something. Yep. And I'm going to be, and I'm going to I'm going to be pissed. You ruined the whole moment. And now right. we, and now we can't never do it again. Never. Oh God. Ruined all the fun. I love how our, how our, uh, fetishes or the, the fetishes we can't agree Goes with. Goes right sexual. back to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it went right back yep. to trauma. But no, I can't. Because it's all, everything is wrapped up in trauma and our experiences and stress. Oh my gosh, y'all. I, just, no, I can't I, wait to study some more. I can't do the handcuffs. You're not. Roping me to the bed, none of that. <laughs> no whips, no, yeah, no whips. Goes Doing back to slavery. No, yeah, thank you. Like, why do we want to whip each other? That's kind of no. kinky. No, 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 no. Oh, this made me want to study this stuff so much. Like, it's just now I just want to tap into people's brains now. Like, I want to understand people. Like, now I just like feel like I want to understand, I understand like, why, people too. However, why, why y'all like doing however, stuff? There's some things I just don't want to know. Like, if that's your thing, keep that your business. That's cool, you know. You could talk to nails. I just, I'm just like, oh God. Bless I went to you. school for psychology, so I used to want to do this for for real, like be a therapist, be a psychologist. I was about to say, you wanted to whip people. I wanted to be a clinical psychologist. No. I wanted to. This is the stuff we talked about today. I wanted to talk about that as a career. Yeah, I still I, think about going back to school, get my psychology degree. But, you got to get a PhD or a PsyD though. Yeah, that's which too much is school, and I hate school. So. Basically, medical school. I'll just be an unofficial life coach. Yeah. I thought about going back for uh, mental health counseling or something like that. Just some, some type of counseling degree. Yeah. Uh, that would be dope. That would be dope. Well. All right. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to Nah But Faux Real Trauma Part 1. Trauma Part Make 1. Make sure you tune back in for Part 2 next week. Yes. Let's talk about it We some love y'all. Thank you for the support. We out of here. Peace. Nah But For Real. Tell me how I feel. We on the fire, tell me what's the deal